Hi everybody, Gab de la Vega here. You're listening to the amazing Punks in Pubs podcast. Just a quick message. I want you to go listen to my music. You can find me, of course, as Gab de la Vega. I put out a new album right before the whole world exploded in 2020, and I can't wait to go back on tour to play live. But for now, you can listen to it on all digital platforms. It's called Beyond Space and Time, so check it out. Or get vinyl or CD from Epidemic Records, my label. Share with your friends if you like it. And let me know what you think of it via social media. Find me as Gab de la Vega on Facebook, Gab de la Vega XVX on Instagram and Twitter. Enough of me talking now. You're about to listen to the opening track, Phoenix from the Flames, from Beyond Space and Time. Hope you like it and see you on the road, hopefully soon.
Hello and welcome to the Punks and Pubs podcast. My name is Liam Bird and I hope you are all doing well. I start my podcast the same, um, asking how you how you're doing and um, I hope you're well. Sadly, I'm not. Uh, I've spoken very openly about mental health on this podcast in the past and I'm sorry to kind of kick off this episode in such a dark way. Um, but I'm not doing well. <clears throat> Over the past couple of months, I've been feeling very down. I have a lack of motivation for pretty much anything. Um, nothing excites me at the moment. Uh, I'm, I seem to be purposely pushing people away because I'm, I, I, I can feel myself trying to make myself be alone, which isn't great. Um, I've suffered what I called a, a moment of crisis about three years ago where I became severely depressed. Uh, and the, the, the things I've just spoken about, uh, lack of motivation, puff, pushing loved ones away, um, constantly being depressed, uh, were the three triggers, I suppose, that I noticed. Those three kind of actions were the things that I noticed last time that I was doing. So I've decided to try and get ahead of my mental health, uh, which is easier said than done. Um, by doing things that I know or I think help me. Um, I'm going back to therapy. That's something that I do believe in and I find it helps me. It's not for everyone. Um, I'm trying to open up and talk to my friends and loved ones a lot more um, and, and stop feeling like I'm a burden because that's, I think, something that, well, that's something, that's the way that I feel. Um, and I, I know that's not the case, but you can't stop yourself from feeling like that. And I'm also trying to deal, I'm also trying to eradicate any stress that I can control. And this is really why I'm telling you all this. I'm going to take a step back from the podcast, from Punks and Pubs, for a short spell, hopefully. I love doing the podcast, but it does take up a lot of my time. I take pride in my research and I, I push to bring you guests who I think are worthy of your attention. Sadly, at this point in time, I don't think I can I can provide you with the podcast you deserve because my mind is just not in the right place at this point in time. I have a couple of interviews lined up. I'm not sure if I'm going to cancel them yet, um, but if I do do them, I will save them and I'll release them once I'm back to something like my usual self. I am really sorry. I'm sorry that I've come back after Christmas um only providing you with a couple of interviews a couple of episodes but i have to do what's right for me right now i hope you do understand um i haven't taken this decision lightly yeah unfortunately it's just one of those things um i will say though if you are listening to this and you're feeling the same way that i've just described please go seek help people will listen people do love you um my social media, uh, Punks and Pubs social media handles are always open, the DMs. Feel free just to say hi. I'm happy to talk. Um, but I would probably <laughs> advise you go speak to an actual professional. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry to start this episode on such a bomb note. I wanted to be honest with you. I always ask my guests to be honest with me when I'm asking them about their mental health. And it's only fair that I do the same with you. Um, but because of that honesty, you can believe me when I say I do have an excellent episode for you for episode 72 of this podcast. 
So episode 72 sees me speaking to Charlie Manning Walker, a.k.a. Chubby Charles, uh, from the punk, rock, hardcore, pub, rock, whatever music genre you want to label this band, Chubby and the Gang. 2020 should have been a busy year for this band, making it onto nearly every magazine, blogs, podcast, album recommendations of the year. But then COVID put a full stop to this band going full flight. So they went into the studio and they've made a new album. Um, so with album number two on the way, and we do speak about that in this episode, I wanted to speak to Charles and discuss how the band, with the world at their feet, has taken the disappointment of COVID and lockdown. Something I didn't plan on when I started this interview with uh, Charlie was him dropping the news that he had just been diagnosed with diabetes, uh, I think a few days before our interview. So we spend the start of the podcast trying to unpack that. Trust me, it is a fun podcast. It's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> I'm describing it. Fucking hell, I'm really sorry. Um, but, so yeah, we talk about his diabetes, but then we do get back to talking about music. Charlie talks about finding hardcore in the London scene and rebelling against the music that is meant to be all about rebellion, and that's punk rock. We also talk about Chubby and the uh, the comparisons between themselves and Fucked Up, a fucking great band. If you don't know who Fucked Up are, go check them out. And Charlie gives us some tips for staying well on tour. I'll be back after our chat. Uh, it will be a bit more uplifting, <laughs> I promise. But enjoy this episode 72 of Punks and Pubs with myself and Charlie of Chubby and the Gang. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. I 100% believe it. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels when you sing it. I know what it does to you. And I, I know uh, the evil feeling that you feel when you sing it. I know the, the, the lost position that you get into in the beat. Well, uh, if you talk to the average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about rock and roll music that they like, and they'll, the first thing they'll say is the beat, the beat, the beat. Sorry for the lateness, man. I was stuck in, uh, stuck in traffic. It's all right. You gave me an opportunity to uh, catch up on Rush Limbaugh's death. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, oh, well. Staring down the laptop through the internet, as is the times nowadays, I have Charlie from Chubbin' the Gang in front of me. How are you, mate? Are you well? Very good, man. Very good. I um, I just got diagnosed with diabetes, so I'm a bit, uh, bit all over the shop, but... Um, I actually feel pretty good right now. So, yeah. Well, I, well, my, my family has a long running with diabetes and it's something that's kind of hereditary. Is that something that's in your family? Like, is your mum or your nan or anything like that? No, no, no. Just, um, I, I don't know what happens. I just I fucking just got it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I'm sort of like, I'm in and out of hospital trying to work out... Um, yeah, you know, like I just got a chip put in my arm here where I can hold my like an app up to it to check yeah. the glucose levels and that kind of shit. But um, I've I've I, like I've 
I've always been someone that's like, like I've always ate, eaten anything and done anything. And it's like first time in my life I've really had to like think about like what is going into my body. And it's highlighted how fucking ignorant I was as to like <laughs> what is good and what is bad for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's something that, that I can remember when my mum was diagnosed, it freaked me out because the idea of being the person who has to help them, I, like, I don't want to pile on <laughs> with, no, with no, anxiety no. or anything like that, but like having the insulin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking, um, the but, fucking, I can't remember what they call it, but yeah, so um, and checking your sugar is 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 a weird experience. I, it's good that you got the chip because my mum still has to do the blood test. What about she getting yeah. like a prick of blood and then you you get and you see what your sugar numbers are? But um, I'm sorry, I, man. That's it's really no, no. You know, it's it's one of those situations that's like you know, life gives you lemons. You got to just fucking take them. And, and you, but um, was, is your mum type one or type two? She's type two. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so I'm I'm I'm. They're still not sure exactly what I am, but they think I'm type one, which yeah. is autoimmune rather than um, like a, I, I still don't really non- understand. It's one of them things where it's like it's, I'm, I, I sort of it's like playing a playing a card game. You still don't really understand the rules to you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, I, I sort of started to get it, like, but yeah, is it is what it is, man. But fuck it, you know. Like um, I'm fortunate enough where like I can fucking get the help I need and fucking it's not gonna stop me doing anything. So no, and and one of the people I've actually I, one of the uh, people I spoke about diabetes actually at length in this podcast was um uh, I can't remember her name. She's in the Bomb Pops Fat Records band. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of her, but she has diabetes and she speaks quite openly about her diabetes and how it's like affected her touring because as you know touring is a very unhealthy lifestyle really you're eating yeah. shit and you're drinking yeah, yeah. shit and you're doing shit it's also like you need to be you need to sort of like i mean like with diabetes or clocked is like you need to be eating at certain times which means you need to be sleeping at certain times which means that like you know going out and getting on the fucking lash immediately after the show is maybe not the thing but i don't know i'll see what, see what happens really yeah. like i'm still, still like i mean this happened like this week so I'm still early days, but um, the thing that I want to fucking know and like, there's very little information out there on that. It's like, if you're like, want to participate in some like narcotic activities or whatever, like mm. there's very little information about how it affects your thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like I was talking to the nurse and I was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I do like to drink quite a lot. And like, I do like this. And um, what, how is that going to affect my thing? And they're like, well, you shouldn't do it. And it's like, that kind of attitude is like, you know, like when missionaries go to like countries and they say like, oh, the best way to stop sexually transmitted diseases is to abstain. It's like, it's not, it's not quite like that. It's like you fucking, things are going to happen and yeah. you need to be, have knowledge to deal with it. And I, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I just thought that was quite interesting. Like they just were like, oh, I don't, don't know. It's like, well, <laughs> it's, it's it's like a lot of things though isn't it they're like oh so you smoke well then quit smoking then well it's yeah. not that easy yeah. is it really like, it's kind of like people do that with i mean people have this tendency to like anyway i won't get too deep into it but you know it's like people there's still like an old school look on like on that kind of like situation uh, so people taking drugs or not taking drugs or whatever well, my first question was going to be about Pancake Day, and now that just feels completely insensitive. No, no, I actually, no, I had, um, I had uh, almond flour pancakes. Um, almond flour? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Um, it, to, to be honest, mate, like, low-carb, high-fat sort of suits me. Yeah. Pork scratchings, completely fine. 
I'm eating like tons of bacon all, every day. Like I'm just eat. I have like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've, for me anyway, I don't know about other, other people. Like, I'm, I'm not really like a, I'm a foodie in the sense that I like, I like to eat like, but whether I'm eating like corned beef or whether I'm eating a like fillet steak or whatever, fucking doesn't mean, doesn't matter to me. You know, you know what I mean? You don't get excited. I like to eat. You like food, but you don't get excited by it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you cook then? Are you are you quite a cook, or you, you like you say corned beef, and that kind of automatically brought me back to my northern childhood. So it's great to talk about corned beef because it doesn't get the the spotlight. Well, I'm eating a lot of corned beef at the minute. It's because it's got no fucking carbs in it. So I'm eating like a lot of corned beef and broccoli, which is like fine. I'll take that. <laughs> well, corned beef hash was used to be the thing, but obviously that's got potatoes, so you can't have that because that's got obviously a bit yeah. quite a lot of uh, carbs in it, but. I love a bit of yeah. corned beef. Oh, you've put corned beef in my head in my head now, and I'm going to put that on my uh, shopping list. Anyway. No, corned beef bagel is like fucking, it's the best. <laughs> Said no one ever. Corned beef is the best. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. That could potentially be the most punk thing we talk about this whole conversation, is that corned beef is the best. Um, but let's talk about music, because I'm kind of interested about your background, because if I'm honest... I know very little about you. I know very little about the London hardcore scene. I just, I'm one of those people who have, was reading the, the, like the top 20 albums that you probably should have heard last year. And I came across, um, the album that you put out, Speed Kills, and I instantly, like, kind of, I dug it. I thought it was a really good album. So I thought, let's reach out. And, um, in my creepy way, I do a lot of research for the people I'm talking to. And the thing that kind of struck me was your, your your taste in music because you spoke about like sammy hopkins aka lightning hopkins as an influence like a person who you've been listening to and yeah. that for anyone who doesn't know is kind of like texas bluesman and then you also spoke about like old 60s pop with bobby fuller they yeah. are not kind of the musical backgrounds that i would expect someone to talk about if they're from the punk and hardcore community so is this something that's been ingrained in you from your family? Like music is important, so enjoy all of it. Or is it something you've kind of embraced as you've got older? It's definitely something that I've become, I've always sort of listened to that kind of stuff, but it's definitely something that I've become like, I don't want to say like more open that I listen to, because it sounds like it's a fucking secret or something, but it's like, you know, when you're like a young punk and you've got like Mohican and stuff, you don't want to be, you don't, you don't say like, you know, you're not trying to start like a bluesy band because you're fucking, you're excited on punk. And I think once you're in punk, you kind of like, you're in it for a long time. It's like, I'm not saying I'm in it for a long time, but I'm saying like, what you once you do it for for a bit, you start to like, be like, well, how can I progress this? And how can I do that? And it's like, natural, naturally, like, I think because punk ultimately stems from rock and roll and blues, mm-hmm. like, like all guitar music, really. If you're looking backwards, it's like a natural thing to like, be like, oh, look, this is this came from this and this came in. It's like the prime example of that is like the clash and I fought the law. It's like literally like you can fucking make the direct, direct parallel be like, look, that that came from there. You're like, oh I get it now. And it is sort of like the more I think you realise that like things like that are all connected together, the more it's you sort of get it. And the more well, at least I got it. I was like, well, yeah, I get it now, you know, I get it. Like and um like punk is a lot about like it's, it's not like it's not necessarily about what you're saying musically, it's about how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. And I think like 
you know, the whole idea of like taking three chords and like fucking giving it, to, you know, giving it to like the audience or whatever. Fucking Lightning Hopkins could take three notes and do this and make you feel a certain way. And it's like, that's the same. I don't want to be like some hippie shit, like, oh, you know, all genres are like all combining or whatever. I'm not saying that. Or what I'm saying is like, there's a lot to be learned from how you like present your music from anything. You know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because that's that's what came across from your band is like how you punctuate your your music. Like you're not, and I hope you don't take this offensive. Like your music isn't harmonic. It's very it's very much like a punch, punch, punch. Like you, the yeah. way you project your lyrics is is for me like the thing that I really enjoy about your band. So um, it's interesting that you've kind of really focused on on the, like how other people project their lyrics and that's how you enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a natural thing, isn't it? If you really like something, you, you, you kind of like take, try to take note as much as possible from people that you enjoy who do the same thing. Mm. You know, I think an interesting example of that was the, um, I don't know if you were a fan of them, but the computers, they, they put out their first album was very much traditional hardcore music. And then they decided their second album was very much a rock and roll Wow. album and they got a quite a bit of backlash from people like what what the fuck is this and for me like the most punk thing you can do is like change your musical stylings to do it however you want to do it and not continue well, that, the same Black Flag did all that kind of stuff didn't they they yeah. like went they fucking completely changed their sound and so did the like the replacements and like, all sorts of all sorts of bands like i don't i'm not someone who like necessarily prescribes to the idea that like punk is something which is like punk is such a fucking wide genre that like has so many different like subgenres within it it's sort of impossible to say what is and what isn't punk but like you know it's definitely like mm-hmm. a tradition in punk music of getting up people's noses including the people who like your band so it's like you know why not <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. yeah definitely you've spoken at length about uh your family like coming from a punk family as well your mum and dad enjoyed punk music were they ever a performer did they ever get on stage no, no, like my my dad did was was um he like drew stuff, but um my they were both like they were both like you know back in the day like sort of involved with all that stuff and that's how like I kind of got they were playing me like Ramones records and stuff like that when I was a kid. Yeah, like the natural thing for me was like you know you always rebel against your parents, don't you? And like so I was into punk but then i went i got into hardcore because it's like more punk you know what i mean it's like the next step well you know like they don't know but those old people like they don't know about this is the next one the more aggressive one you know it's like when i found hardcore new york hardcore sound and like little boston like ssd and stuff like that i was like i was in and i was like ready for it <laughs> do you know i really threw myself in there was it like angry teenagers searching for something a little bit more heavier or was it something that you just Absolutely. like you at a show and you're like oh this is this is cool i actually um was walking in camden and someone handed me a flyer to like a hardcore show and i just went and that was it so i was like completely luck but um then i saw and then i bought a couple of records there and then i like looked at the they used to like thank bands in the thank you list hmm. And, and like bands that influenced them and so i just went through that and just checked everything out yeah man and then i like i, I just like caught, sort of got onto like minor threat and stuff like that and that was it really and like just fucking just dived headfirst into it and, uh, so what when you went, really look back so when you went to your first show then were you were you just kind of not knowing what to expect and all of a sudden you saw like the anger and and the passion that was coming on stage yeah, yeah. And you're like that's, that's me you know because it's like fucking 
sometimes it's like when I was young, it's like, you know, punk has been a lot of punk. The idea of punk is like part of the British narrative now, you know, it's like, you know, kid, it's like, you don't want to be part of the narrative. You want to just be like something that's fucking, you just fucking, you don't want to be like some dude that's like going to be on the postcard that someone's going to send to, they put punk on postcards now. You want it to be like some thing that they fucking hate, especially by the government and stuff. And I think like hardcore is something you, for me, when I was down, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is like the anger. Like, yeah, like fire finally, you know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because for me, like there was a period whereabouts I kind of fell out of love with punk. And I felt, I thought like the most punk thing out there that was going at that point in time was like, grime and hip hop in the uk that were coming out of like south london because they were talking about dangerous stuff and it wasn't being commercialized it was being feared by governments and it wasn't understood by the media and to me that was like that that's punk as fuck man like if 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 you're causing a conversation in your music like to me it doesn't matter what the sound is to me that's punk like if you're if you're creating a buzz and it's making people think about your society that that's that's punk for me and there was a period where about so it was like the sex pistol colors were being used in tourist ads which is fine like sex yeah. pistols was never really my punk so i i like i never saw it as like this is offensive but i understand like punk the the terminology of mainstream punk just became a bit of a joke and i felt yeah, like yeah, hip hop yeah. and and grime were doing what punk was meant to do and it's interesting that in like the early 2000s of hardcore it seems to take punk back and it became dangerous again and it came a bit of a an underground scene and people were talking about it like did you go to that show yeah oh it's fucking crazy i saw a guy go off in like an ambulance or some shit like yeah like like when i was when i was getting into fucking hardcore and i jumped into it like i was fucking i was like you know Oh, like I was spending my whole time like bunking school sniffing glue and stuff. The last thing I want to fucking do is like go to like a government sanctioned punk gig or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like fuck that. Like I was like I wanted to fucking like really cause chaos and stuff. And like the hardcore, the, the London hardcore scene, like was exactly it. Like there was like um, Ruxian Records used to do a bunch of like all dayers and stuff. They but it'd be really mixed. Like they'd have like Knuckle Dust playing with like some punkier band like. And they like they'd have they'd ask like I don't know like bands like like the Filaments or something like that to play it. You know what I mean? It's like all sorts of like crazy bands have played it, but it's, it was like really eclectic. And it's like that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. I was like, yes, finally. Like, do you know what I mean? You don't want to like, like. I completely agree with you. There's there's a moment in I think there's a moment in every punk's life where they like suddenly like have that sort of like shit. This is on a postcard, and then you sort of like learn to like realize it's bigger than that. You know, you, once you get to the other side of that, it's like a really liberating moment where you're like. It's so much bigger than what I thought it was. You know what I mean? There's like a sort of mental journey you go through to like, and for me, the the other side of that was like, yeah, man, like fucking Bobby Fuller and all that stuff as well on the other side. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's also like the ethos of it as well. Like, the like music can become whatever it is, but for me, the, the the thing I've always loved about punk is like the communal aspect of it. Like, you can go to a show, and as long as you're not a complete fucking knobber, no one's going to touch you. No one's going to mess with you. Yeah, yeah, They're just yeah. going to respect your space, and like, you don't have to get involved. You can stand at the back. But mm-hmm. it's the moment where about someone decides that they want to test, like they want to be the big man or they want to be a cunt or whatever. Like, right. I love the fact that I've never seen at any other show where that's punk will put you right back in your place yeah, so absolutely. quickly. And that's what yeah. I enjoy about punk as well is like, yeah. um, 
I, I grew up in quite a small town and my nearest city was Nottingham. So I, I never really experienced like a hardcore scene, if I'm honest. And then I moved right. down south. I, I went to Luton University because I like an element of stabbing with my universities. They used to put on shows. And whenever like a London hardcore band was playing, it always kind of felt like all the bigger boys were coming. I don't know if you ever, like, did you ever go to like those out of London shows and kind of feel that like, yeah, we're from fucking London, mate, and bear respect. A little, I mean, a little bit. I mean, like, when I was, until I was in my early, the mid-20s, like, you couldn't have told me anything. I was, like, completely just, like, I just thought I was the bollocks. So, like, <laughs> and I was, like, I'm from London. In in my head, that's the biggest city in the world to fuck it, like, fuck everything. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, obviously, that's not true, but, like, I felt like, you know, youth, you feel like a real, like... <laughs> indestructible. Yeah, you feel indestructible. Yeah, you're like, we're in a big city, fucking, I'm not going to kill me. And I'm, I'm here with diabetes, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, to come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in London, like I said, I, I grew up in a, a small town. I always were quite, env- I was quite envious of people who grew up in big cities because the idea of having shows day in, day out. And right. I, I've heard you talk about like you would go to shows pretty much as much as possible, like as yeah. much as possible. And I'm interested to know, like during this period where perhaps we haven't had live shows for nearly a year now, like how are you actually doing? Because I would think if if something's your kind of normality and you and it's something that you've always kind of relied on with the, your passion of watching or on stage and all of a sudden for that to be snatched away from you, that's fucked up. Yeah. So I, like, how are you doing with that? You ever seen that fucking, you ever seen that meme where it's um the fucking guy from Narcos or whatever and he's standing in the swimming pool looking out and he's like, he's just aimlessly like looking out into the distance. Yeah. That's how I feel. Just like, <laughs> just I got fuck all to do. But no, I've, I've actually, I, when it happened, I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll be all right. I'll do that. Do that other thing that I like doing. Um, uh, whew, what is that? And then I just sort of sit around like, oh, I haven't got any other hobbies. And then, so I was like, I've been all right because I've been I've been working as well. Hmm. So I, I I do I'm electrician on film sets. Okay, yeah. And I've, I've been um I thought you know what usually I'll take work and then I'll fit the gig stuff and then I won't take it when I'm got gigs or where I want to go to gigs or something and I'll just like because I'm self employed I could take it when I want. Um, but instead I just thought fuck it I'm taking it all so I've just been like bam 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 working 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 as a bit of a coping mechanism I've been lucky in that in that aspect um I've also been we've 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 just um sent a second album off the press so we've been doing that we've just been writing and write and writing and um yeah like cuz I just think fuck it man you know like again like if you get given a situation you just need to make the most of it regardless of how shit it is and fuck it just if if we if all we can do right now is write music 
I'll take that, you know. Hey, so is that what you've been using, like, this time just to, like, write music and then store it, I'm guessing, for later on? I go to work, write music, go to work, write music, go to work, write music, that's it. And I've just been just doing that. And, like, you know, I'm a man who, like, I don't enjoy many things in life, but when I do enjoy them, I fucking love them. And it's, like, music and, and like, you know, I do, I do enjoy going to work. But, like, you know, I, I just throw myself into writing stuff. So we've sent this... We've approved the test presses for the new records two weeks ago. So it should all be out by fucking July, I think, August. Can, can you talk about the record yeah. or is there no point in me asking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, it's 15 tracks. It's um, it's more, how can I put this? It leans a little bit more to, like, you know, the tracks like Trouble and stuff like that is a bit more like there's, there's a few more ballady type things on there. Still got, I mean, still like eighty percent punk, fucking two hundred miles an hour. Couple of like sort of, there's a t, there's like a song that sounds like T Rex on there. You know, it's just sort of like I like to make records that are a bit more eclectic than uh sort of like you know than just sort of hunt at the same tempo and you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So how how have you gone about like putting a, a record together then during COVID times? This might be my ignorance, but like, how, is it a case of you have to do, all do it separately or, or you are, are you all in the room with masks? I mean, what what's the protocol? So we go and practice at a specific place. We don't see anyone else outside the band. And then um, we recorded it in, God, what was it? It was like June or July where they like lifted the band. They lifted the thing for a bit i was like right in we go just went in and <laughs> was just like right it's his 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 a fucking gap went out there for fucking 10 days did it came back lockdown went back on sat in our rooms waiting for it to get fucking mixed <laughs> talking about like the when the album came out on static shock you, you gave actually a really interesting quote to someone Whereabouts? Um, you said. Oh God! Don't quote me, man. <laughs> My favorite things is to go back and uh, quote people. Quote people uh, on shitty things they said, and then be like, "What did you mean by yeah, that, exactly. man?" <laughs> well, well, what I've actually written here is, "What do you mean?" Um, now, when you were signed with Partisan, you experienced a lot of new music and industry stuff. I mean, what what was that? Was that kind of like naivety on your part on on what? like other labels coming to you and and what they expected of you or like signing to a label like partisan who's on a bit of a roll at the moment let's face it yeah like like let me just start by saying like partisan i've been absolutely like fuck them put foot wrong man they've been really like really great to deal with you know when you grow up when you grow up in punk as you know you get these like horror stories of like of of like record labels or like you know sort of like real the real music world type thing you know yeah. what i mean and, and and i think a lot of that is true and i think a lot of the times like they can really like certain labels or whatever can fuck eyes but partisan have been amazing they've been really nice to us helps us along the way they they're like you know if you need anything just call us anytime and stuff i've given them stuff and they've never been like yeah, the lyrical content of this is a bit heavy. They've just been like, good, fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but like, it's 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 weird. It's weird. It's like such a strange thing for me because I think maybe if I was younger, I would be a bit more, I would be a bit more like adaptable to stuff. But it's like, because I've spent like over 10 years doing the DIY punk thing. And then all of a sudden I've got to have a meeting about what fucking poster's going to look like. It's like, 
don't know, mate. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or it's like, yeah, we, we were thinking about doing um like a advert on on you know Instagram. It's like fucking hell, that is insane. Uh, like to me, to me, like we put we had a billboard up in Shepherd's Bush, um that they 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 partisan got us, and like to me that was like fucking I don't know it was like winning the World Cup or something I don't know why it just felt like I was like this is the, the best of my life <laughs> do you know what I mean it's mental <laughs> but but it's all it's all it's all fucking really it's all new everything's yeah. new so it's like where I was someone who was like pretty clued up on situations like now I feel like it's on another learning curve and, you know and, what I'm trying to say yeah and have you had like those kind of people who have been around for quite a while giving you advice and going lads and I, I, I obviously you got a female in there but like lads like this is what you need to do and, and like have you had a lot of that recently because i i kind of find um, like the up-and-coming bands if you don't if you don't see that as too much of a um insulting term kind of no, all of a sudden uh, people start circulating and they've all got a a, 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 a hot take to give to, to be honest out of everyone I know in the punk scene, all they've done is been like, yeah, it's fucking about time. <laughs> That's all the people have said to me. People I don't know, maybe they say different stuff, but, you know, I don't know them, so I don't, I don't, I don't hear it. But, like, people, everyone around me, like the guys in Static Shock, and the guys at La Vida, and Moose and stuff like that, they're just like, yeah, fuck it, go for it, man. Why not? You know, there's no, there's never been, I've never had anyone be like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, do, 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 do. I also I'm good friends with um, Jono who plays in Fucked Up, and I think they sort of had like a, a, a similar trajectory in terms of like like I mean they started a long a, like a, a while ago, but they had the same thing where they were getting like put out on like Matador and stuff, and like so I could talk I, I was sort of talked to him and was like, what does publishing mean <laughs> or something, you know, like because I'm got a fucking clue to be honest, and um, and it's nice to be able to told be told that in like layman's terms. But like, right, this is this means this, and this means this. And I was like, oh, I see. Because otherwise, I just fucking, you know, I don't, I don't know. So what's been the biggest learning curve then that you, you've had over the past couple of years? Well, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know, because it's hard to... It, it's all been like... like we, We're rubbing shoulders with bands that are like... Like, we're playing South by Southwest tomorrow. And it's like, we would have never... Not, not, not out of choice, but it's just like, the bands that are playing it, it's like, I come from a different world, so it's like really, like, interesting to, like suddenly rub shoulders with these people who like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really hard to explain. I'm not very good at articulating myself, but it's a whole new world. And it's just, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Just like being involved in a sort of. Do you allow, do you, do you allow yourself to enjoy it though? Or, or when you, or yeah, are you one of those people? Let me put it like this. I am, I am enjoying it. Hmm. And if I wasn't enjoying it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. So it's like, I'm enjoying seeing this whole, like this whole thing. You know, to I, me, it's like fuck it, man. Like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking thirty. Like, how long have I got left to keep making music? I'm gonna just fucking just do as much as I can, yeah. have a good time, maybe go out kicking and screaming, and just leave it like that, and just that's it. Like, I, I kind of like yeah. the idea that you were saying, like, in your youth, you're a bit more arrogant, and like now in your thirties, you might have mellowed a little bit, but now you've got like Guardian, Guard, the Guardian, Vice, Rolling Stone saying like you're the best band since going, and like in your head, you're like, I fucking knew it, man. I always knew it. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually, in my head, I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It's great. I know we're not. So, I mean, it's, it sells newspapers, doesn't it? So it's like, it's all, it's all. There, I think it's like, if you get offended by that, 
you're as foolish as if you fucking believed that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I know a, a few bands who would kind of buy a, a copy of Kerrang! And they will check what they're saying about them. Like some of the earlier bands who are who are quite established now. I, I So I used to work on the Radio 1 Punk Rock show uh, way back when, uh, in, when I used to be cool and young. So uh, I, I knew a couple of like the bands who've got bigger. And I can remember going to interview them in like bars and stuff. And they'll have copies of Kerrang! or Enemy or whatever opened up. And they're just reading about themselves. And I always thought I just, that's just like, what are you doing, mate? Why, why does it matter? If someone else's opinion can affect the way that you make music, then I think maybe you need to assess why you're making music. Because for me, it's like a sort of like, not to sound wanky, but it's like a sort of cathartic thing where it's like, I've got this thing, I need to get out. So I'm going to fucking make a punk tune to like get this out of me. Not necessarily like, I'd love it if Kerrang like this. Or, you know, Kerrang, like, it'd be cool if Kerrang did like it, but I'm not writing the song with that in mind. I just think like, you know, fuck it. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. What's what's the difference? I'm still at square one if if they don't. And if they do like it, fuck it. But you don't think you should be like, I'm going to write this tune so that people like it. You should be like, I like this tune because I want to. So I think a lot of people who who do know you and know your background in hardcore will probably know you as a guitarist predominantly. Yeah. So what yeah. made you move from stage right to central and become a vocalist? I just like, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I ask, my question, I ask that question all the time because I fucking guitar is such an easier job. <laughs> <laughs> so much easier. There's no words you fucking you can if you fuck up a little bit you can just kind of like twiddle around and get yourself out of it you know it's like i don't know what i was thinking but i just I, I sort of wanted to give i sort of wanted to like be able to write songs about certain things specific things and then if i wrote them and then gave it to someone else to sing it's like not really how i want you know it's not going to come out how i want it so i just thought fuck him chubby and the gang was much more of like sitting down with a guitar and like writing the song the lyrics and the vocals and the guitar like at the same time it's like before it was just with my writing before punk songs before it's just like you know i wrote the guitar and then we're like right we've got the song there should we get some vocals on top of that yeah sweet and then plunk them on this was more conscious in terms of like i wanted to make it a bit more i mean i don't think it's like a particularly well it's a melodic band but it's like songy band you know it's got like harmonicas and shit in it you know have always kind of popped up with yourself and i've always found it quite interesting because you quite you always tell different stories about it and 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 it's come a bit of a a tropey question now but i i enjoy it um your your time as a cab driver or, or as a mini cab driver because for me i think the reason people get excited by that is because it's one of those jobs that's kind of edgy so fishermen people work in holes 
and and cab drivers <laughs> like they're, they're yeah. jobs that have real edge and you've spoken about like some fucked up stuff about being a yeah. cab driver but i'm more interested in like did any of your stage like banter <laughs> ever work with the people in the back of your car like did you ever no. like think oh, I'll, I'll try something here and see if it works basically once when you're a mini cab driver essentially what you're doing is like opening your front door and letting people come sit in your front room for money like you know you're in your car and they're coming and get in your car this was like eight years ago but like um if they're gonna do something fucking crazy they're not gonna do it to cross something crazy that they like so you need to so be not be nice. So if you're nice to people and you're like talk to them and you're, you know, civil, then they're like, oh, you know what, you're all right, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Most of the time, if you're like oh, this person that's cagey, I'm going to be a cunt, and they, then it, it sort of like legitimizes their cuntishness to you. So like a lot of the times, like if I thought someone, I was like, well, this looks, this could be bad. I would sort of be nice, as nice as I could. And that would often sort of like slightly dis- diffuse certain situations. Obviously, you know, if someone gets in with the sole intention of trying to rob your car or something, then that's a whole different kettle of fish. But like sometimes sometimes people like act on a whim because you've been a cunt to them is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And if you and if you don't do that initial being a cunt, then you sort of like that that might not happen. I had a lot of people like be like, you know what, you're really nice, man. Like these like drug dealers or something, they might be like, Yeah, you're really nice, man. If you want to like do it privately for me, like da, 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 I'll do that. And I'm uh, uh, that's quite funny. <laughs> you just end up becoming this fucking drug mule. Hey, it pays. That's very true. That's very true. But the thing I'm kind of getting from it, though, is that you don't like to have a boss because you're freelancing yourself. Cab driver is kind of very much a sole thing. Nah. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And like, and, and I, I did a few other jobs. Like, you know, I fucking worked in Topman in Oxford street once, like, um, because I was working for Levi's. Yep. They put me in, they got like a little section, like a Topman, um, sorry, a Levi's section within Topman or whatever. And, um, I fucking got fired in like, maybe like two, three days just because they were like, yeah, you're just too aggressive with the customers. And it's like, I'm just not built out for customer service. I just, I'm just not that guy. How are so, you aggressive with customers? Like you just going up to what the fuck you want? Like, well, <laughs> if you like, if I fucking just tidied up a whole fucking table of jeans and you come up and you're like, oh, I'm looking for this size, flam, 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 then it's like, <laughs> I'm just like, why have you done this? You know. <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah fuck it fuck that man i can't be i can't be asked being some people like it not for me so how are you managed then like on tour like do you have like a person who kind of gets you to a to b or you very much you will do this ourselves on tour before to be honest i'm surprised we fucking made it on a lot of them like fucking last last couple ones we've done we like i remember you know we were like driving somewhere in the night didn't have a place to stay. We stayed in a house that was for sale. Just fucking went in the back door and just like slipped mm-hmm. on the fucking empty house. Like things like that, you know, you just, you make it work. There's a fucking element of a survival instinct, which kicks in on tour. I think where you're like, you know, shit, we need to survive here. And you sort of come together a little bit. I always feel um, timekeeping's really the only thing you need to be in a band. Like as long as you've got timekeeping down, I think you're solid. Yeah. Get get up, getting up is that's yeah. You know you're right. Getting getting up is the one. You get up, and you so let's say you let's say you need to go to fucking Toulouse, right? And it's a five hour drive. If you get up for seven hours, 
from when you get up to when you get there, you're going to be all right because there's a fucking two or three piss stops. There's going to be maybe a petrol fill. Going to take an hour for people to get ready. So do that. You know, like if you if you kind of like get that, then you're like, all right. If you fucking wake up and you're like, and you leave it to the bare bones of the time, you're going to be late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very late to the to the whole uh, chubby and the gang coattails. So for me, from the outside, it seems that everything's happened very, very quick. So how long yeah. was it from your gigs? How many gigs have you played in the UK from Static Shock putting out your album? That's selling out really fucking quick. And then Partisan kind of whipping you up and then sending you, sending you to America. I mean, like, what is that time period? From the release of the album to us signing to Static Shock, we played one gig in the UK. Really? Yeah. So we played Static Shock Festival. And like, so basically the timeline of the band, right? I'm trying to think now because COVID makes my whole t- perspective of time completely different. It feels like it's been two weeks since fucking January 2020. 20, 20, 20? Yeah, 20. 2019, we released a single, went on tour the start of 2020 um, in America, played 10 shows there. And before we went on tour in America, we did a, like a little tour with Sheer Mag in the, in the UK and we played like five shows. But this is all before the LP came out. Then once we get to the America... The LP drops the first day of the tour, and that's when we noticed the uptick. First day, great. I mean, all the shows are great. Promoters are great. Bands we played are great. Everything is great, yeah. First ones, it's like, you know, 50 people. Next one, 75. Album gets a review in fucking, I don't know, like Pitchfork or something. Then it's like, all right, now it's like 200 people there. And then it's like, all right. And then Rolling Stone put a thing up. All right, now it's like 300 people. And it's like, by the, we, so we play New York, went around, played New York again. First show is like probably 100 people there, tops. Last show is like 450, 500 people. It's crazy. Like, and, and I could literally, you could like, you could like fucking literally be like, all right, something's happened in the fucking papers today. We're in, I don't know, and some fucking like uh, things to watch out for or whatever. There is another 50 people at the gig. And you could, I mean, it was like, you could see it, you know? It's, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like it was fucking really weird. And then by the end of it, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Then we come back, play Static Shock, an amazing gig, and and then it it and then COVID happened. So you know, it's like I can't complain because you know I've I've come out all right or whatever. But um, it really was like, right, you guys are gonna be oh COVID. It's like yeah, <laughs> you know, and we just sort of. That's a deal with it, but it's fine. Uh, I mean, how do you deal with that frustration though? Because like you say like you deal with it, but it, this still must be a part of you like a what if. And I don't know if that's your mindset. Like you just like, nah, fuck it, let's not do what if, let's do now. But still, like I'm guessing you had tools like set up and like yeah. you have things like in like a path set out essentially and then that's kind yeah. of taken away from you is it now a case of rebuilding again like do you think like you're starting back from block one or do you think actually you know the 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 hype around us has kind of lasted people are still talking about us so it's not starting from the beginning again we're kind of starting midway but we need to work fucking hard to get back to whereabouts our hype was to me it's is never about like it's never about the sort of like end there is no end that I want to be at. It's just about the journey. Yeah. It's, and it's always been about the journey. And it's like, I don't, I'm grateful of all the the support and the praise. But for me, it's about 
the making the music and the playing the gigs, whether there's fucking like 10 people there or fucking 2 million or whatever, you know, it's like, it's not about being a big band for me. It's about producing records that I think are the best they can be. You know what I mean? And, and like, so when, so really the, the gig element of it is like, yeah, it's a shame, but you got to fucking make hay while the sun is shining. Mm. And so we got, we do another album. What better time? We're sitting here fucking twiddling our thumbs. What better time? What better time than to make another album? So I'm a big believer in like no scenario being necessarily bad or good because of the scenario that comes as a result of that might be good or bad as well. You know, it's like kind of everything is sort of like a. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Not to get too philosophical with it, but it's like you can you can deal with the here and now essentially. Yeah, and you got to fucking just take it as it comes. That's the thing about life, man. That's fucking. Sometimes you get someone who's in your cab that's a cunt. Sometimes you get people who tip you hundred quid. You know, it's just it's just how it is. Like, <laughs> well, let's let's kind of talk about like the future then, because you're actually the first band I've spoken to since we've come back from our little break um, regarding like the UK and for people outside the UK, because this podcast has predominantly quite an American audience in the UK. Now we we've kind of left the DEU fully now, and we've got our own uh, trade deal, whatever you think of it. Personally, I think it's complete shit, but one of the things that's kind of affects artists is that UK artists will now have to pay for visas and a lot of paperwork to go and play Europe. Have you already kind of looked into this and how it's going to affect your band and what you can do and what you can't do? And do you think it is going to affect British music to the point whereabouts it's not going to be... We're a small, tiny island, but we've always produced... Like, we've punched way above our weight regarding music. Yeah, 100%. Especially in rock music, we've fucking, like, been really... Well, actually, to be fair, we've done it in everything. Like, like grime, drum and bass, fucking... UK drill is like fucking huge, like massive, like, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, I, I voted remain. I'm, I won't get too political, but I was, I'm, I'm like staunch remainer. Mm. I think that it's insane that they fucking left Europe on the premise that it would boost capital gain for a country that now is plummeting towards the fucking depths financially because of this, you know, it's like, and the fact that people like the fact that people aren't being held accountable is, is, is like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like you can, in, in UK politics, you should not be allowed to say something which causes damage to the economy and get away with it for, 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 for nothing. Especially if you're a fucking, fucking politician. Like I just don't, I'm, anyway, that's one point. Second, second point, <laughs> like, it will get it will get worse. And what I would advise for um, punk bands is find a way around visas. And like it's it's hard, but I would I've done it. I've 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 not had visas before. I signed to Partisan. And what you, I would do is FedEx your guitar, someone you trust, fly in. Don't tell them you're in a band. Go on tour like that because like they're not looking out for us. They're looking out for them, and we need to like make we need to look out for us. Do you know what I mean? Find a good support network, community, and build it up. Something that is, you know, uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to like give a bit of hope to like if if I was 16 and I like saw this shit, I'd be gutted. Mm. And I, I am I am gutted, but I am also like lucky enough to have experienced like a lot of time when I could have gone to it, lived in Italy for nothing, you know? And it's like, now I can't. So it's like, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say, really. It's, it's, it's like quite a bleak situation. I think politics itself is a very dark point globally and particularly in oh this country God. and um like you said if i get the like people of this podcast know i i quite enjoy a political chat but i'm very aware we're coming up to an hour so i don't want to start going into fucking politics and then go bye everyone it's another hour isn't it you know exactly like yeah <laughs> but i mean let's let's kind of end on a hope then uh i'll put this question to you then like tomorrow covid is over there's a vaccine everyone's fine venues open back up would you rather be performing or would you rather watch and if you were watching, what band would you be wanting to watch? I wish I could see Motorhead. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're talking about the ultimate fancy fantasy, I wish I could see Motorhead. But, um, I don't know. What current current bands like, uh, fucking hell. Uh, I'd like a big static shock festival where I could just fucking go and get out of my box and just watch loads of punk bands. There you go. That's the answer. Mate, you thank you so much for talking to me. I I, I, I hope you, uh, I hope things work out with the diabetes i i think like i know you're not asking for advice but i suppose the best thing you can do is just read up on it a little bit and and find yeah, your I'm own there. way constantly on the fucking web looking at what i can, can and can't eat but yes i appreciate it thank you man my pleasure man thank you for talking to me and uh yeah stay well pal thank you boss thank, thank you, you thank you bye bye Thank you so much to Charlie for taking the time to speak to me. I wish that dude all the best with his diabetes and make sure you go keep an eye out for album number two and support this fucking great band and uh, help them out if you can. Thank you also to Gabba D. La Vega. I think I've said that right. Gabba D. La Vega for sponsoring this episode. You can find out how you can support that band by going to the episode description of this podcast. Right, that's it from me. I'm sorry I can't be there for you right now. But I'll be back. I will be back after hopefully this short break. While I'm away, why not go check out the back catalogue of this episode? Trust me, you will find some gold. Stay well and know this, that I appreciate every single one of you. Bye-bye. <laughs>